This is the Campus Report. Coming to you live from Studio 5. <laughs> the Y Millbank Podcast Studio. <laughs> Alright, we have a very weird show today. Just simply because uh, the campus representative today did not go to school in Millbank. But happens to attend the same school that three of our regulars do, Concordia. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to bring her in and uh, see if her perspective is any different. So, welcome. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Elsie? Yes. How long have you been going to that that school? Um, I'm in my the first Concordia. year at Concordia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're just working a little mix here, making it clear up for your ears. <laughs> um, what are you going for? Uh, right now, international business and political science. And. And German. German. Yeah. <laughs> so well, can you speak we'll German? See. Uh, we'll see. What are we been seeing about? Yeah. Well, I might change it. <laughs> Can you speak the German? Um, ich heiße Elsie. <laughs> uh, okay. Die geht's Elsie. Uh, oh, oh, then mir we... geht's gut. Sehr <laughs> 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 gut. Uh, also with us in in the studio here, um, my wife Sarah, which is kind of a fun treat. Guten Tag. I don't speak the German. <laughs> I don't speak Russian. <laughs> and Elsie's dad. Who happens to be a friend of mine in 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 a different life? <laughs> John, how are you? Octoon, baby. Oh, wow. Hey. <laughs> My all favorite right. album title of all time, by the way, by you two, Octoon, baby. Baby is baby in there? Octoon means attention. Yep. Attention, it baby. Attention, baby. <laughs> well, now we have to go look at that. There is no song I oh, believe that's just called Octoon, baby, but I believe it is just the album. Yeah. So I, I I took a trip to St. Louis, Missouri, with John a year and two years ago. Two years ago, yeah, to, almost to the. It was in January, la, 2016. Yeah, it was shortly after Ferguson. Remember? Oh, it was the winter after Ferguson. It was. Remember, people were nervous about that. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there were riots in the streets. <clears throat> yes, people were wondering if. They had to drive from the airport to the hotel if they would get <laughs> right, through the riot yeah. area. Yes. yes, that's right. It was so close. I forgot about that. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Um, you guys are from Minnesota. Yes. Somewhere in Minnesota. Yes, we are. Plato, Minnesota. Like the Plato. Like, See, like, a, like the great philosopher. Yeah, philosopher. Philosopher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are uber smart. We're uber German. Nine. <laughs> Nine, <laughs> ten. <laughs> uh, what made you choose Concordia? Um, basically for their business program. I chose really late in the year, um, and it was kind of—I don't know—it was like my last college that I looked at, and it just felt right. Does it still feel right? Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, your dad's I mean, in the room. Still, we shouldn't really say that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's college. 
I still like it. Yeah. I, I'm told by the other college, college students um, that have been in here chatting with us about that school that it tends to fall on the liberal side. Yes. Um, you don't. Right. So how is that? I mean, um, like, how is your um, experience? Uh, it's def- it's challenging. I mean, I, I don't care what other people think of me, but... Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely very liberal. Were you involved in the ruckus with Shapiro last fall? Yes, I'm a member of our campus, um, Campus Republicans and Young Americas for Freedom. And uh, Ben Shapiro, the funding for Ben Shapiro passed by the student government uh, almost unanimously. And then... Um, and then the crap hit the fan. Yep, a couple of weeks later, I think, they called for a rescindment. And then... Um, it passed almost unanimously. Actually, it did pass un- unanimously to rescind the funding that Ben Shapiro was going to receive. Wow. Um, yeah. And that was strictly because they got some some terrorized students coming up. Yes. To say, huh, we're, we feel scared. Yeah, student coming, government. Right? Uh, they claimed they needed to represent the greatest majority on campus. And um, in result, they... They shut down the minority, and they claim. Okay, they claim. Wait, hold on a second. They claim to sub, to represent the greatest majority. Yeah, they claim to represent. Was this before or after they took the money away? This was in the process. So, the Concordia is very. I mean, they work really hard to, um, like, on their diversity and diversity of basically everything except diversity of thought. And they <laughs> wait. This is yeah, university, right? Everything except political diversity, and they huh. actually, actually, after um, all the Ben Shapiro stuff, they added to their constitution or whatever they call it for next year. They added um, political diversity as like um, if someone wanted to uh, be a member of student government before. Um, they didn't really have that in their constitution that they would accept different political beliefs and now it's becoming more of an issue and people are bringing that to their attention that they need to support that support conservatives and so now they added it to their constitution that and they they say they push um they ask our yaf president they ask him if any of us want to apply for any student government positions because they want to represent us more but then it's it's kind of it's kind of a corrupt system honestly like the student government president and vice president they they tell us that they want to work with us to bring a conservative speaker to campus and then they also tell their senators and student government that they should like research they should research Ben Shapiro research Rick Santorum research any speaker that we want to bring and find dirt on them and then bring it up at the meetings and also oh, they're encouraging their their side yeah. to try to like yeah shut down any other voice so you- when our our president was uh giving a proposal and uh presenting why we wanted to bring Rick Santorum which is who we chose after Ben Shapiro kind of fell oh, through. I can see them just losing their mind over him. Oh yeah, for the same. Because he's a gay hater. Oh yes, that's that was a huge issue, and um, 
Oh, wait, he's a Christian too, right? Yeah, so they bring up the same issues that they brought up with Shapiro, and like transgenderism and gay marriage and everything. And yeah, they, I don't know, they say they want to work with us and then they turn around and just do the opposite. Or you get to have diversity in name only that way. Yep. <clears throat> well, yeah, so it's on paper. Mm-hmm. Sure. No one gives a rip otherwise. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, with the Constitution change that they made, it they, they will allow someone like Shapiro to come in next year under those rules? Probably or... not. That's for um, like students representing um, or conservative students in student government. Oh. So, yeah. Um... So you're going to be given a seat in student government. You're going to be allowed <clears throat> to have a conservative seat in student government. Supposedly. But you might be the only conservative voice in yeah. student government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the poli-sci piece of your... Well, okay, how much of... Let's go back a little bit. How big was the school you graduated from, high school? Uh, I think my class was 111. Okay, so that's real similar in size. So the, she kind of fits the same bill as our normal students, just simply because Millbank has a graduating class of around 100, typically. So it, it's very similar in size. So how was that? Like, you were... Four years at the same school in high school. Mm-hmm. How was that um, mentally going from that kind of a, a, a tight knit, in theory, group to how, what's the enrollment at Concordia? I think it's like it's over uh, 2,000, but like 2,400, something like that. So that's considerably larger. Yeah. How was it just I, just the, the atmosphere going from where you were to that? Yeah. Um, Really not much of a difference at all. Concordia is actually very close-knit, and um, you you basically know everyone, and I thought it would be a bigger change, but mm-hmm. it's really not much of a change at all. Yeah. Did that make it easier to transition? Yeah. And I don't mean I'd... transition your gender. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that was also part of why I chose Concordia. Was that? It's a lot smaller mm-hmm. community, and... More personal with, um, like, more personal interaction with the professors and everything. Everyone's just really close-knit. So you've been, that spring break you just finished, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've been away for a week. Yeah. Um, going back, I mean, has there been anything, because the this, this school shooting in Florida happened three weeks ago, roughly? Right. Um, you were, you were on, on campus, Right after that. Yeah. Was there any change in demeanor, any change in, like, did the school admin change? Were there more cop presence on campus? No. Did you notice Unless anything? Unless I'm totally unaware. I, not much, no, nothing really changed. I don't, I think everyone's views were already pretty solidified before that happened for gun control and gun rights and everything. But I, I don't think anything, I haven't noticed anything different or any issues arising i guess what are you gonna do when you grow up i don't know (laughs) where do you want to live um i want to work in washington dc for a while move to new york for a little bit okay that's something to say you don't know yeah (laughs) oh that's a big difference (laughs) (laughs) i also want to be an economist but uh, what does that look like what do you mean i i don't know i like working um i like studying about like how the I'd say I like macro better like the whole economy as a whole I'd like to do something with that out in Washington DC 
Okay, then. Uh, what do you think with what Trump just did with steel trade? I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a um, conversation with a guy earlier this morning, actually, uh, who dealt with and, and saw firsthand the problems with our trade going out of the U.S. and that it's um, awesome coming in. I mean, we can get stuff there, but if we want to ship anything out, it's insane. He said uh, the product, he used to do custom jackets, and if he wanted to ship them to Australia, he said shipping was great. It wasn't a big deal as far as cost, um, but they had a 100% tariff they put on it. Oh, no, sorry. Australia was 50%. I think going into China was about 100. Oh. Crazy. So it, it, it's it's <clears throat> insane, that whole concept. Um, and then uh, he was talking about motorcycles. And Harley-Davidson, they have a motorcycle factory in India. Why? Because if they want to ship motorcycles to India from here, that's a 100% tariff. So it doubled the price just going that way. But if they build them in, in-house, then it's a better deal and they can export back to the U.S. for very little. So it's cheaper. Now these American jobs are in India because of the trade going outside of, for, from the U.S. out. Just totally screwed it up. And then everyone is panicking now that we that Trump has put on some some steel, like rescinded some of those. Right, yeah. made it more difficult coming in to try to levelize that in-out trade. Um, but it's just, it, it, it's fascinating to me that that is, I mean, we never hear that, ever. You never hear that side right. of it in the media. And, and that has a lot to do with our trade deficit, has to. It must, yeah. You know, that we can't export. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why... We're not making as much. I mean, we're making stuff, but not to what we used to. Right. Um, John, what do you? What are your thoughts on that school specifically, Concordia? Concordia, I I like it. I know. I'm sorry. You can't say too many bad things about it. No, I can't. Um, I'm Lots not a of fan of the. Things. I'm not a giant fan of the liberal campuses. Yeah. You know, but there aren't too many that are not. That's true. It, it kind of isn't across the board phenomenon and and i look at it also as a training place you know for conservatives to refine their voice to mature their voice and also a great place to hold on to your thoughts and your beliefs Mm -hmm. it's a it's a heck of a testing ground (laughs) today's universities but do you do you think i mean as a parent who's shipping your first kid off to college do you think um that make ensuring that they have a great foundation in who they are, what they believe, the, the structure of their belief system, that almost has to be solid before you then throw them to the wolves, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it has to be. I think that's important. And, you know, Elsie's lucky. I'm lucky. My wife, Anne, was lucky. Uh, we came from nuclear families. Okay. Two-parent families. Mm-hmm. Um I, I can't imagine the effort involved in raising a child alone, mm-hmm. you know, no matter who you are. And it's not as though we had a coordinated effort on raising our children, but at least we had common beliefs. Right. 
that we could instill. And we, and it wasn't the plan really either to instill those beliefs. It's just, it's just life. life, right? It's life. Parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Parenting <laughs> is life, you know? So do you feel like your position, like the things that you hold dear, your values are tested daily and yes. questioned and like, it would be better if you didn't have those beliefs? In a way, yes, but I think going to college has made me more conservative than ever. Like, I, you always hear about students, like kids going to college, and then they give in to the left and turn more liberal, but I don't see that happening at all. Like, I, it, it definitely tests your beliefs, but I've definitely become more conservative and more firm in what I believe. How much of that do you think is due to views. your parents? Probably quite a bit, but I think I was more into that stuff than they were in high school, <laughs> at least. Like, people always ask me, like, why do you like politics or how did you get so into it? Like, why do you like to learn about that stuff? And I don't really know. I It's just kind of always been there. I think part of it, I think part of it for Elsie's growing up and, uh, and our other daughter, Emily, is um, they've got good grandparents. Mm-hmm that were really good and are really good at telling stories of their life growing up. So you get historical perspective mm-hmm. of a non-preaching story. Right. It's just life. And this is what happened and this is why it happened. And and a lot of them are comical and a lot of them, <laughs> you know, you just go, what'd you do that for? You know, and I remember asking my grandpa, you know, why did you do that? We didn't know no better. That was his line. And then he'd laugh, you know, and it was like, okay, well, good. Stuck with me, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think Elsie's always liked history. Yeah. Um, our other daughter, Emily, likes history. And it's, it's basically, I think, because of storytelling. I think storytelling's huge. Storytelling is the only way to teach history. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. If you're, um, same thing with um, Bible stories. You learn about the Bible as a kid through stories. It's it's the most powerful way to teach anything instead of names, dates, phone numbers, whatever else you want to put together for a teaching curriculum. If you can tell it in story form, it's huge and it sticks with them. So. Mm-hmm. You have to understand history. You have to know history to, if you if you care about the future at all, you have to understand history to not repeat the same mistakes that history has made, or and learn from them, and and also look back and understand when the right decisions were made, and keep that in mind for the future or the present. Do you think though that the answers that you might, the things that were happened in history that you might consider are the right things that happened, could be? the wrong things to the other side of the thought process and the other side of the political aisle. So they would look at a certain thing and go, that's the worst thing that ever happened. Yeah, there's two ways to look at anything, any situation. How then, and I I don't know if there's an answer to this, but how do you parse the truth out of history then? I mean, you just have to, I don't know, you have to hold true to your values and just evaluate each situation and take take the good with the bad and understand i i don't know i mean i i got a book recently it's it's called the cause of the civil war and it's a collection of writings and thoughts from people 
Abraham Lincoln, uh, Frederick Douglass, and one or one other guy maybe. And the guy that compiled all this and wrote the book, um, he said, essentially, anyone that claims they know the reason the Civil War happened is not is really not telling the truth because there are several different variations. And so what you can do is gather all the data and surmise, but to say this is the reason it happened, he said it's really hard to make that claim with the, the stuff that's out there. And this but, is a fascinating book because there's, and I just barely started it, but he goes into different thought processes behind the, the Southern states and the Southern Democrats. And the, the Democrats were the slaveholders. Um, and it just, it, they wanted the Northern states to be slave states as well. Otherwise, their system might not run the way it is. And it's just kind of crazy to look at it from multiple perspectives. Well, it's fun, too, when you look at the uh, Civil War history. Um, when I was in high school a number of years ago. A hundred years ago. Well, it just seems <laughs> During like the it. Civil War? During the Civil War. No, I was there during um, Reconstruction. Nice. <laughs> um, to use the Civil War term. Um, the cause of the Civil War was taught to preserve the union hmm. that was not the cause but that's why lincoln committed troops that's why the war was fought to preserve the union mm-hmm. that's not discussed anymore it was about slavery right slavery was the last ditch effort to make the whole thing end right it, he held on to that like to the very card? end like it was yeah they did they were expanding the u.s and there was that debate over can you know, can these states be slave states? Sure, yeah. And they didn't. And Lincoln didn't want any. He didn't want to get rid of slavery. He just didn't want to add any more states that were slavery states. Yeah, the, the California. California comes in as a free state. Yeah, yeah. And but it's it's interesting how the teaching has mm-hmm. evolved on that too. That's totally. Changed. So so I can understand how it's difficult to put your thumb on what was the cause mm-hmm. because of multiple causes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It had to have snowballed. And because of that, we have a whole generation of of kids growing up with no real civics being taught. It's horrible. I mean, it, unfortunately, if you look at the the current debate in our society, you know, all these kids now from the school in Florida that got shot, um, the school that got shot, the kids didn't, as far as I know, the ones that are out there, they now are the poster children visually in the media for... Um, just doing away with guns like from what it sounds like is they would be good if guns were banned and confiscated life would be perfect totally after yeah. that you want all automatic and all semi-automatic banned yeah last Any i checked an automatic. automatic weapon is already banned but okay whatever <laughs> um right but yeah. but the idea is these kids are espousing something that can't happen under our current rule of law you have to change the Constitution. I'm sorry. Right. You have to amend the Constitution. Right. That's that's most likely not going to happen. But they are appealing to the the feelings exactly. of politicians and of everyone. And uh, look at us. We are just kids. Well, the, unfortunately, that's not how the system works. But I, I fear that because we're creating a generation of kids that are growing up un, without really learning civics— and the way that the Constitution was, why our Constitution was even written, and why you know why we were founded, why we left Europe. I mean, different things. Why 
why we fought the Revolutionary War, that we don't have that foundation of rule of law. And we may not like the way something happens, and it might be unfortunate. That doesn't mean necessarily we get to throw out the whole system, but that's what it feels like they're doing. They're they're thinking the majority rule, you know, and that's that's yeah. that's honestly lesson number one. That is that is so misunderstood in this country and in the education department is, well, we're a democracy. No, we're not. We're a representative republic. Mm-hmm. We do not believe in majority rule, right? Because majority rule has been wrong. Majority rule could have could have been the case of most people in America believe we should have slaves mm-hmm. at one time. It certainly could have been, and it was during the revolution. Yeah, at the or beginning. the women didn't have the right to vote. Women have they, no right they to should vote. Just sit back and shut up. Yep, yep. I mean, majority is very rarely right in this country. Um, and when it goes back to the civics world, you know, we the reason there is a Second Amendment. You know, and the adage nowadays is to protect the Hunting. first. You know, we have the Second Amendment to protect the First <laughs> yeah. Amendment, which is yeah. freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. But it's really to protect from an oppressive government, mm-hmm. which could happen quite easily. Yeah. And every other country in this world that doesn't have private gun ownership has a oppressive government. And that's not being taught. And that's the real reason for the Second Amendment is to protect from a tyrant. But that's not what you hear. I mean, I saw a clip from Senator Feinstein earlier today Mm. saying that you can't hunt ducks without, or you can't hunt ducks with more than three shots in your gun. Um, You know, you can't hunt deer with more than five, I think. You know, that's kind of a standard rule. Okay, sure. But then she made the claim... That, but it's open season on humans with 15 and 30 round magazines. That is the most, and the problem is she is, she is the person in Congress that is pushing this legislation. Well, and Diane Feinstein's pushing that. If you have seen any of the latest reports on her, she is going to be <laughs> beat. <laughs> she is going to be beat by the Uber left yeah. in California. And so she is trying to go as fast to the left of her own self, which is very left, to maintain her job, which is which is sad. You you should not propose law as a legislator, as a senator, to maintain your job. Right. It sh- it should be for the good of the people, good of the nation. How many classes at Concordia so far have you had, um, like in the political science field? Um. Two. I'm in my second. Okay. Yeah. Um. What is the overall push for? Like, what what are they teaching specifically? Well, we have four political science professors. One of them is conservative, and I had him first semester. He's great. And then, um, the professor I have now, um, not so much, but uh, it's a political philosophy class, and she was trying to kind of bait us and get us to get some of someone to uh make the connection between Trump and a Machiavellian ruler and Machiavelli uh preached about I mean he taught like a ruthless leader is the best leader and like have no compassion for others and all that and she was trying to get us to admit that we think Trump is that way too 
<laughs> like singling out the conservatives in the room? Yeah, basically. Really? I mean, no, no one, uh, no one agreed. I'm surprised. Like, I don't, I don't know if they just didn't understand where she's going. I don't know because there's definitely a lot of very left wing people in my class, and yeah, I. But okay, one of my friends heard um, a couple of the faculty. He he overheard them talking and. They're talking about another professor, another faculty member, someone must who must have retired. And they're like, "Yeah, uh, none of us really liked him very much. He was he was kind of conservative, and we're just all really glad that he's not here anymore." Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Diversity. I, mm-hmm. I guess it'd be yeah. And the, <laughs> the uh, majority ruled. I mean, that goes back to our Ben Shapiro struggle, right? And, yeah, like because that was by no means a majority that complained, correct? Well, or was it? Uh, it? It, I don't know. They got a lot of. They claim that they just got many emails from. I mean, both sides of the issue. But then our club, our YAF club, was we were, we sat at one like small table in this large auditorium, and everyone else in the room would stand up and like basically just attack us. Really? With, yeah. And so we didn't have a chance to say much. And um. They were better organized. Well, but no, no, no. I, I mean, the majority um, or the minority complaint. Like initially, it was majority thought it was a good idea. Yeah, it was. But the reason yeah, they they changed was because, was because they got a few really loud people to complain outside of that vote, correct? Yeah. And then that's what brought them together to have this new vote, which then everyone that shows up is against yeah. it. I mean, they claim okay. to, yeah. But the reason for not having him is because people didn't feel like he represented their point of view and their they didn't why didn't they feel comfortable well they, they, they it was felt his scared. uh yeah they they, they, they were yeah, they were afraid of yeah, how they did were you afraid. feel in the middle of all of those people <laughs> when you were the minority and they were attacking you was it was scary i mean for you? i i didn't have a speech or anything like only a couple of us spoke so the whole purpose well prepared, of but of them not wanting the speaker in is now what they are doing to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, Did anybody feel said, like that was wrong? They said uh, if the college would allow him to speak, they said the same thing for Rick Santorum, uh, then that would be saying that the college accepts his behavior, saying that they accept how... Um, like his view of transgenderism, his view of gay marriage, his behavior. And he's not a violent exactly. man. Exactly. Yeah. He's a man who has a thought. No, I, I, yep. Okay. <laughs> I just. Yes, but thoughts just, thoughts are very scary. It's frustrating. They are. They're very powerful, and it's frustrating to me that if you want to stand up for your point of view, that's fine, and I think you should be able to, regardless of what your point of view is, but not at the expense of other people. When you're, the whole purpose of you standing up for this. Is because you don't feel safe with him in the in the your community, but it's okay for you to make other people feel unsafe in your community, so that you don't have to feel unsafe. It, like that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. You know, it's it's hard to believe that there could ever be any sort of hypocrisy. <laughs> but you know, I mean that 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 is a an amazingly glaring just, example. It is. It's. I feel uncomfortable because Mr. Shapiro might be here, but. If you, care, feel if you feel uncomfortable, yeah, that's your problem. Because I, yeah, I, my my motives are pure. They, no, they're not. Sorry. They claim 
that, uh, according to some survey, that one in five Concordia students identify with the LGBTQ plus community. Okay, and one they are fifth? they yeah apparently, and they are so protected and supported at Concordia. I don't know. I don't understand why they are so worried about one speaker coming who doesn't agree with them. Like, why are they giving him that much? If they're so afraid, like, why are they allowing him to have that authority over him, over them and getting, just being afraid of, I just don't understand. Did any of the student council have a re, have an argument, like, like, like a valid reason other than we got yelled at? Just, uh, no, putting them, putting a majority of their constituents in danger and feeling frightened, feeling unsafe. Because they have a right to feel safe anywhere on college or on campus. And but so do you. Exactly. And, uh, oh. Like if I'm, okay, they claim the dorm that I live in is like East Campus. They claim East Campus is more conservative. And that might be true. And it's a lot of business students and athletes, but whatever. And did they take a poll before they placed you in a Well, dorm? I was going to ask you yeah. that also. Did, did you have a choice on where what dorm you lived yeah. in? Yeah. And but it was connected you... to the business school and that's why I chose it. Right, cuz you but you had no idea that well, this was the conservative. No, but no, exactly. No, I had no and it's not like I'm conservative and I live on East Campus, but it doesn't mean I feel accepted everywhere I go on East Campus with my beliefs, but it also doesn't mean that I don't feel safe. And they claim that the LGBTQ plus community plus. doesn't, yeah, that, well, 62 genders, whatever yeah. it was, I learned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they claim that even though they are so protected and on campus and everything, they can't go to that area of campus. There, there are places on campus where they don't feel safe. And that's just a bunch of bull to me because I don't understand why, oh, they don't feel safe. But I don't, it's, it's not a safety issue. They okay. don't feel accepted in their... So when you and your conservative friends get together, do you plan on ways to injure or harm other people who have different beliefs than you? No. I do not plan to injure anybody. Okay. <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe there are some conservative groups who get together and they're like, ah, we're going to be mean. I mean, I was kind of called a neo-Nazi in what? class one time with my conservative pre- professor, and I just like said something under my breath, and he's like, "Oh, Elsie, what was that? Did you have something to say?" And I kind of called her out on it. Someone called you a neo-Nazi. She, yeah, she didn't call me a neo-Nazi, but she called like conservatives on campus a That's neo-Nazi. A really, does she know what that means? Yeah, probably not. That's we're, a we're, very offensive yeah. statement. Well, that's yeah, get neo-Nazi, racist. Texas, whatever. That's that's what conservative college students hear a lot. <laughs> hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Do I you had one friend. A lot of people of different color and. <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just checking. Yeah. When's the last time you marched? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a lion. I had a, a friend. Yeah. Ugh. I had a friend. Um. When they were going through the, when they were going to resend Shapiro's funding, um, I told her I thought about speaking in front of everyone, and that's not something I feel comfortable with, but I thought I should write something and 
Yeah. And did you? No, uh, only like two people in our club did. And we just kind of like appointed them to say everything for us. Um, and they're really good at that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, my friends like you do not need to speak in front of them. You, you're only a freshman. You don't need to make any enemies right now. I'm like everyone in that room knows exactly how I believe what I believe. And even if they're not in the room, I mean, I, I don't care. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, being conservative has definitely, I I think I've, like, lost friends. Like, not lost friends, but potential friends mm-hmm. once they, someone called, or someone, uh, on Snapchat, I had, I was at a coffee shop, and they had a picture of Obama, like, almost in a shrine in their coffee shop. And I just like took a picture and just like X'd off his face. <laughs> and then uh, she like, uh, she told one of my friends, uh, it was a girl on my floor. She told one of my friends that I wanted to kill Obama. So, huh? Yep. That's exactly. Well, that's that, that's where it should go to. Yeah. yeah that's she, a normal yeah. Conclusion. I mean, as mm-hmm. soon as I had that on Snapchat, she's like, oh, you don't like Obama? I'm like, no, I mean, I'm a conservative. And she's like, so conservatives don't like Obama? I'm like, I think he's a great person. I don't like his policies. And then we're talking about, um, like, Obamacare and everything else. And and then she just goes around and tells my friend that I want to kill Obama. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so that might go back to your teaching of civics. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, we do have a a pile of uneducated people out there when it comes to how the political process even works mm-hmm. and what the two parties stand for and not being based on um, emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. Because years ago, people could, quote, cross the aisle. Right. To make some really good legislation. Now, one side is amazingly emotional which makes Mm -hmm. it hard for them to cross the aisle. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could get deeper into that. It's, it's tough when they tend to get elected by promising lots of stuff or by, or by promising and fulfilling the hate. Sure. Yeah. And so it's hard though, when you promise to give people things, it's hard then for those people that you promise to give something to be okay when you then adjust your position mm-hmm. to to compromise. Because wait a second, no, you were supposed to do this for me. You can't give up on that or else you're out of office. Get out. Well, it would be And it's their job, which unfortunately that'd be okay, but It would be both political parties campaigning totally. against Santa Claus. <laughs> That's it. Which, you know, is <laughs> tough. Santa Claus. It's true though. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, any other, uh, like revelations you've had being away from home and at school? I'm poor. <laughs> hey, <laughs> perfect. That's a good revelation. That's a great one. <laughs> As yeah. a family, we're very proud of our daughter because she is basically pulling her own way through school. That's fantastic. Which is wonderful. So she's not afraid to work. Um, she works some weird hours and, um, what are you doing now? You're like tutoring, teaching English in the elementaries. I'm a reading tutor to the German graders. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. English. That's awesome. To uh, how old? Third graders. Awesome. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
How, how often? That's enough kids for me. Um, <laughs> every morning I go for just an hour and a half. Every day? Every morning, like five days a week from 8 to 9.30. You get up at 8 or 7? Yeah, 7. And then You're my hero. Uh, two days, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, <laughs> I go back for their after school program. Hmm. Yeah. Good work. Awesome. That's in addition to her job every once in a while when she's home she gets to do some uh then i work overnights overnights at a uh elderly care center oh yep so she gets to uh work both ends of the age spectrum which is kind of cool and kind of balancing yeah you know? it so it's kind of nice yeah what's the um social scene like like um does like, it feel aggressive? Is it just fun? Is your do you have like a solid group of friends you're always with? Yeah, I have like a close group of friends, but um on the weekends a lot of times they leave and go home and then <laughs> but it's a pretty laid back social scene. Okay. Yeah. Not like a lot of partiers or uh well NDSU is right there too, so I mean oh. uh, most people <laughs> yeah, most people go there or MSUM, but Sometimes, like, East Camp is the, is the loud, like, Erickson is the loud dorm, uh, the party dorm, I guess, but it's really not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I never asked, um, do you just hang out with conservatives? No. Okay. I wouldn't have many friends. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, one time I had a table... Um, it was mostly like uh, students in my orientation club, and we were mostly friends in the beginning of the year, and then we kind of, once our political sites came out too. But um, <laughs> I had a socialism sucks uh, sticker on my water bottle, and like the whole tape, I just like sat it down, set it down in front of me, and on purpose? yeah, like, okay, I didn't think it would be an issue, and then the whole table kind of turned to me and they're like yeah we have to disagree with your sticker oh we, brother we don't are think you kidding yeah me? socialism it doesn't suck like there are aspects of it that we like like there are aspects of it that work like okay <laughs> uh, you can you can believe that that so the next question you have is okay let's write them down mm-hmm. and then do that just so you're talking yep. you mean the mass murders in history <laughs> is that what we're talking about where socialism works shh no, it's the where I get free stuff. That's oh, that it, part. That's Other people part. give you the stuff they have. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> well, um, I think that might wrap up this this little sit down. We'll have to do it again after you're in school a little longer. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. I'll um, write down some notes for the next time. Well, it, it, I, what I like about talking to especially early college students is just the difference. And I'm intrigued that you're, that the atmosphere around you um, didn't feel too much different than going, um, which is, I, I think kind of cool um, that it wasn't like a shell shocker when you walked in there. Maybe it's more of the crowd that I, maybe, maybe it has something to do with like my major and minor and all that stuff, but people are definitely just more, uh, I, I don't know, politically active, I guess. Like, in high school, there might have been a lot more people that, like, shared my beliefs, but they weren't, they didn't talk about them. I, I was kind of alone in that way. But <laughs> Luckily, you had your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you, you're 18? 
19. Did you, were you able to vote in no. the last? Okay. No. Nope. So coming up in 20, what, this year, the midterms. Mm-hmm. Now I heard something about you would like, you're, you're interested in possible interning in DC. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to pursue that? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Next couple of years. That could be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And terrifying, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. I hope I, I, I wish you well. And Thank hope you. everything goes swimmingly <laughs> as you get back to school in the next couple of days. Um any uh any last words you have? Words of wisdom? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> John? Yes, sir. Anything? Uh, just that we're still proud. We got still. a good kid. We got a couple good kids. This one's passing One more tests every other. day. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for um, being our friends, you guys. Well, we do what we can. Yeah, I know. It, it, it is. It is a major <laughs> milestone to someone to be our friend. So thank you. <laughs> yes, for this many years. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you, Elsie and John. Yes, I appreciate you. you coming into the to the show and thanks Sarah for stopping in sure. you have to come in next time <laughs> yeah maybe I'll talk next time <laughs> whatever <laughs> <laughs> excellent thank you uh, this is the Campus Report the Y Millwing Podcast Network alright have a good one see you next time